This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Yes, we are. Welcome back in a Thursday edition of the opening kickoff. Appreciate you all making us part of your morning. We're here for the next three hours right here on the sports station WNSP and WNSP.com. And as always, got a good one for you. Good morning, Mr. Uh, Shervanian, sir. I see you dressed a little bit warmer this morning, just in case. Just in case. You never can tell with the temperatures here at WNSP. Indeed. The gambling story that we... uh, I say we didn't break it, but we reported it earlier this week. And it, it, it again, it's a story that we don't really have a lot of details on. And I don't think anybody really does outside of the gambling industry right now. This has to do with the Alabama baseball game last Friday. I say that because what? This is where Ohio Sportsbook said they're not taking any more bets on Alabama. This is just to rehash what we said earlier this week. And it's starting to gain legs now. Ohio uh, sportsbook said they're not doing it. And, and Mark, what what apparently happened was there was a huge bet put down at the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati on this game. And I think that's what the suspicious uh, red flags that were drawn up by this independent monitoring service. I don't know that for a fact. I'm just reading into it. I don't know much about this. But then yesterday, New Jersey bookmakers have also weighed in. They're not taking any more bets on Alabama baseball. Like, I didn't even know anybody was betting on Alabama baseball. And then last night, late last night, and this is where why I wanted to lead with this, Greg Sankey came out with a statement. Not that it's going to rock the boat or anything like that, but Sankey basically said we're looking into reports of uh, uh, wagering on Alabama baseball games. We'll monitor the information and – then the typical, well, as many states have acted to legalize gambling, we're reminded of the threats gambling may pose to competitive integrity. Mark, I wouldn't be surprised if this comes up during the spring meetings. I really wouldn't. I, you know, with the issues about format for scheduling, uh, what to do to penalize teams for fans storming the field, now I look at this as something else that will fill his 45 minutes of press conferences on Tuesday and Wednesday. So – there was somebody that would talk to NOLA.com with the uh, Louisiana Gaming Control Board and said that one of the bets was a parlay involving Alabama and LSU. There, so there were two bets. One was a parlay. The other one was a, and I quote, large straight-up bet on the game. Both were on LSU to win. Now, we've gotten some folks in the app talking a little bit about you know, whether or not all this was on the up and up or not, you know, there was a pitching change Friday early, right? The starter was, was, was scratched. So I think the question was, did the, did some heads up gambler see that news, make a bet before the book could change its odds? I don't know. Right. So as you tip, as you guys typically know, like NBA is a good example of this. Right, there have been some some games here in the playoffs where some guys have been ruled out. Your odds are going to change. Hey, so, speaking of that, if I may, I announced yesterday I was told Embiid would not play, and he did. Not that it mattered, but go ahead. Yeah, I see your point there. Yeah. Right? So the question is, did this one bet 
or two bets get made just quicker than the book could uh, update? Or is there something here that isn't on the up and up? I find it hard to believe that there is something going on here that isn't on the up and up because it is in Ohio and we're talking about an Alabama LSU college baseball game. So, um, yeah, it's, it's starting to grow some legs a little bit. And now, unless I see some guy being escorted by officials into some police station, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where this goes from here, but I, I'm fascinated. I can't wait to find out what's going on. Mark, I wouldn't bring it up, but when I saw Greg Sankey weigh in, then it starts to, uh-oh. If he's starting to come in there, maybe they know something. Maybe they're concerned. I mean, come on. Two weeks ago, with all that we were talking about and all the stories, do you think we'd be talking about gambling on an Alabama or any college baseball game, to be honest with you? Yeah, it's uh, it's the it's a very random it's, it's as random a story as you will find in sports. I mean, short of it being a, a, a bet placed in Idaho, I mean, I, I don't know how much more random it can be. Yeah, I mean, if you told me it was in LSU or uh, in Louisiana or Alabama, I might take a second look. But Ohio? Yeah. On an Alabama-LSU baseball game, the first of three games, and they play about 60 games a year. All right, um, on, on the lighter side, getting away from that, but staying within the SEC. So yesterday, as I'm sitting there on the couch watching a show with my wife, she she's listening to a talk show on the way home, and she's concerned that Alabama is not in the mix for the top three or four. I said, Barb, these are just people's opinions. It's just to kill time until the season. These are preseason rankings. Don't worry about it, okay? Um, basically, the consensus, and the only reason I bring this up because I found one that's fascinating. So basically, if you take a consensus of three or four of the writers, Mark Schlaback, Dennis Dodd, people like that, people we have on Barrett, Salim, people like that, and some other names I don't know, they basically have Georgia preseason number one. You've got Michigan number two, and, and I may you know change up on these, but you got uh, Florida State in there. Uh, Southern Cal and Ohio State. What I found interesting, because let's face it, I don't take this to the bank. It's way too early. But I was looking at USA Today. Paul Myerton, I think his name is, and he listed his top 25. And what he also does is he says, this team will win the championship, and this is the dark horse. So in the ACC, He's got Clemson winning it, whereas in just about every other poll, you got Florida State in the top five. And I think he's got Miami as his dark horse. For those who are interested in the SEC, he's got Georgia winning it all, which is no surprise, and Texas A&M as the dark horse. Really? Yeah. No I, no Alabama's no, the dark horse. No Alabama dark horse. And, and I think, really, what it comes down to is if Bryce Young was still the Alabama quarterback, they'd be in the top five, but because they don't have a first-string quarterback, or at least we don't know who it is, I think that's what's pushing them out of the top five. They're in there at number six in the consensus. Uh, LSU is number seven. Hey, did you see what <laughs> Brian Kelly got the uh, Houston people all worked up yesterday with that statement? I love beating Alabama. Yeah, the uh, rubber chicken circuit is in yes, full force exactly. now. Touchdown clubs are having their meetings with these guys, and this is this is one of my favorite parts of the year when it comes to college coaches because they get in a room uh, full of supporters and they just start going, and rarely do they know when to stop. And at this point, Brian Kelly wasn't saying anything that wasn't true, 
wasn't any, wasn't saying anything that hasn't been consistent with his message the whole time, right? The minute he got to Baton Rouge, he said he wanted to play the best, he wanted to beat the best, he wanted to beat Nick Saban, he wanted to beat Alabama. Mission accomplished. He loves it. So I appreciate the openness and the honesty. Uh, does Alabama use that as motivation? No more than they do the fact that they lost to LSU last year. So I don't have a problem with him saying it. In fact, uh, I'd probably say the same thing. Who, who, who doesn't like beating Alabama? Who doesn't like beating anybody? Texas is the favorite to win the uh, Big 12. This is their final year in the Big 12. Texas Tech is the uh, dark horse, but I mentioned Texas because they'll be coming into the SEC in 2004. And as we look down the road to SEC spring meetings and also SEC media days, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a rep or two from Texas and Oklahoma. All right, so guys, uh, this other story I mentioned very brief, briefly yesterday because we were knee deep in TV theme songs. But and, and Nick, you you might be of the age where you might be able to chime in, and give us a little perspective on this. All right, so Jessica Alba is trending. All right, she is trending for a couple reasons. Once one because she was at the Knicks game right the the other day. But the other reason is um, Aaron Rodgers, who was also at the game, with uh, Sauce Gardner, uh, a Jets teammate. And he was they were both there. Rodgers was teasing Gardner about how young he was. He didn't know who Jessica Alba was because they were sitting next to her or very close to her during the game. And... Rogers gave him a bad time because he had no idea who Jessica Alba was. Now, Sauce Gardner's like 22. All right. Jessica Alba's more like 37, but I think you could make the argument that she might be one of the most physically talented actresses uh, in Hollywood. Should he know who Jessica Alba is? And if he, if you know who he, who she is, what do you know her from? I, I wouldn't have known. But you know who she is. Yeah. I mean, does it surprise you that Sauce Gardner didn't know who she was? Um, I mean, it's Jessica Alba. No, I don't think it's a surprise at all. I, I mean... A lot of people I don't know, and I always make this statement when we go to the Senior Bowl, a lot of these coaches and so forth, I don't really know them when they're not on the sideline. I, I don't think, and, and I'm closer to the football than maybe Sauce Gardner is to, let's say, actors and actresses of a different generation, but I don't think it's a big deal at all. I mean, so what? Yeah, she hasn't really been doing anything. But you know who she is. Yeah, because she was in Fantastic Four. Right. But why is it a big deal? Captain Marvel was, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, Brie Larson." But but what's why is Brie Larson wasn't sitting right there? Why is it a big deal if Sauce Gardner doesn't know who she is? Who cares? A lot of people we don't know. Because it's Jessica Alba. So she's not like. I'm kind of with Lee on this one. Who cares? Like so. I mean, what's the big deal? There's thousands of Jessica Alba sitting right next. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Does Jessica Alba know who Sauce Gardner is? 
Yeah, that's true. He was defensive rookie yeah. of the year. She, he's done more lately than she has. Yeah, that's a good point. You guys are Jessica Alba haters? No, Mark, we're not saying that at all. We're just saying that the, the fact that he's a different generation. He's He probably knows a lot of people that Aaron Rodgers doesn't know. Hey, by the way, has Rodgers dated her yet? He's dated just about everybody else. Um, no, and then I'm being... Uh, Are dating that girl that drives the race cars? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, and Mark, let's be honest about it. When you said Jessica yesterday, I thought you meant the other Jessica. So you have more in common with Sauce Gardner than Oh yeah. Easily. The other Jessica. I don't recognize Jessica Beale. Yeah, that's who I thought you were talking about. <laughs> and I didn't see her. I watched a lot of the game, but I didn't see the cameras pan on her anyway. Now I've seen every New York game lately has had Aaron Rodgers sitting there. You know who also is at? And that she's forty-two. Game. I've been corrected. She's man. She's forty-two. See, you know how that's twenty years older than Sauce Gardner. Why should he know who she is? You're forty years older than me. I know who you are. Well, that's because we're here every day. But but people uh, know who you are. Not necessarily. No. Michael J. Fox was at that Knicks game. What well, yeah, was he? Someone I'd be excited to see. Michael J. Fox. Yeah. I give him a lot of credit. I I really do. Uh, He's he's still acting now too, isn't he? Out now and then I see him mm, a lot, little uh, bit, little bit. Not so much. He's got a documentary coming out. I saw him. Di he did an interview and he said that his uh, Parkinson's is getting worse. Yeah, that's a shame. But he, yeah, he's certainly one of my favorites. But yeah, Jessica Alba. Does does she know who Sauce Gardner is? I don't know. No one asked her. Nobody teased her. About yeah, but that. why is it always you know? Let's put it on the shoes on the other foot too. Well, she's very talented. So is Sauce Gardner. Not in the same way. Doesn't matter. Le They're celebrities. I mean, when I say it's talent, I say hot. When I say an actress is talented, it means They're she's all talented in, in a sense, though. Nah, Otherwise, they yeah, wouldn't they're be not, there. I'm with, Lee. I'm with Lee. They wouldn't be there if they're not talented. They wouldn't be drawing these huge salaries if they didn't have a little bit of talent. Like, is it news when, when the camera shows any female of relevance? Maybe not Jessica Alba because she's not really relevant anymore. But they show her on the big. But screen. I would argue she is relevant because she was. Like, oh, she's man. been trending for more than a day on social media. So clearly she's relevant. Yeah, but I think that maybe the reason that she's trending and that she's relevant, I don't really uh, respect. Wait, what? Why is why is that? What what is it that you don't respect about the reason she's trending? Because she's trending because she's hot, and we're all surprised that she's still hot. But therefore, you could put any actress on. Oh, look, Selena Gomez is here at the Celtics game. Is that going to be trending? There's Where does it end? Because, I mean, part of the th reason, because there's all type of hot chicks that are at basketball games courtside. The reason that she's trending is what? That we're all still surprised that she looks the way she does? Is that the root of this, Mr. Reporter? I think uh, I don't I don't know if surprise is the right word. Are we just like giving thanks? Yes, I think we're paying homage. Yes, I think we're. Uh, I, I what think is we're the paying big deal respects. about her though? I don't get it. I well, mean, let's let's pay some respect to Michael J. Fox. He was looking yeah. great out there. And, and what he's overcoming? Who cares about Jessica Alba? Really? Come on. Okay, there's one. Look, I'm not downplaying her, and and I and think I'm you sure. are. You're like, oh, who cares? No, 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 no. You could sit. It's not a, a big you have deal. A free Knicks ticket. Yeah, you can sit next to Jessica Alba, or Aaron Rodgers and Sauce Gardner, or Michael J. Fox. Who are you sitting next to? Jessica Alba. You'd You're be tripping, the, dude. You'd be in the minority.
I you think? think? Yeah. I all right. Do. All right. So I here's think a our lot poll of question. fans would want to sit next to Aaron Rodgers and Sauce Gardner. Okay. New York fans. I'm talking just in New York. Doing, what are you about to be doing? What's your game plan sitting next to Jessica <laughs> yeah, really? Alba as a married man with yeah. children? <laughs> okay, what first are you of all, to get into? first of all, first of all, there's there's no even if I wasn't married and had kids, there would be no plan. There would be no end game. Okay, so here it is. How many how many of you out there, if you had a ch- if you had a chance, you were to Name your NBA game. If you had a choice between sitting next to Aaron Rodgers, Michael J. Fox, or Jessica Alba, who would it be? That'll be our poll question yeah, for but, the day. But here's the thing where it's not really relevant. I'm talking about New York fans, and if you're next to them, maybe getting an autograph. And whose autograph right now would be more valuable, Jessica Alba's or Aaron Rodgers? I'm not getting an autograph. I'm getting a picture. All right, picture. All right, I'll go there. You're right. New generation selfie. Okay. As big of an 80s movie fan that you are, Mm -hmm. Michael J. Fox is sitting right there. Yeah. You're going to go to the girl who hasn't made a movie in 20 years? Yes, because my deep appreciation for her for uh, her untapped talents. Or now it's untapped. It used to be talented earlier in the show. Now it's untapped. It's still talent. How I describe it. Can she dance? Can she sing? I'm willing to find out. (laughs) (laughs) I know Michael J. Fox can. So would you you pay the enormous price to sit at courtside to be next to her or Aaron Rodgers? All right, we're going to read some of the the apps going wild. We're going to talk about it. I'll also tell you what's coming up on the show, but scoreboard traffic and weather next. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hi, this is ESPN founder Bill Rasmussen, and you're listening to WNSP Mobile. With a drive, left field, back goes Canna, turn, gone! Two homers in one day, 3 nothing Tigers. All right, 625, welcome back in the opening kickoff. We got busy there with uh, Aaron Rodgers, Michael J. Fox, and Jessica Alba. Wanted to let you know that uh, coming up at 630, going to be joined by Charles Kelly, the Colorado defensive coordinator. My guess is it'll be a whole 10 seconds before the names Deion Sanders or the words transfer portal come up in that interview, but it should be a lot of fun. Paul Fontbaum at 7, Eli Gold at 7.30, David Morris at QB Country at 8, and Richie Riley, the South Alabama basketball coach at 8.30. How about that? Local note, uh, Myla Reed, Baker High School, and you know we follow the championship drive. We have a, a show coming up tomorrow at McGill. But she delivered the fastest 100-meter performance in state history in last week's sectional qualifying, clocked in at 11.62 seconds to win the 100 meters at the Class 7-8. And, of course, they'll be having the um, uh, big meet coming up uh, this coming a weekend. Uh, not only that, uh, with that great time that she had, and by the way, uh, that time was a f- uh, tick faster than the state all-classification record of 11.3. That was set by a McGill-Tulin girl, Mark, back in 1986. She also won the 200-meter sectional title, and just a shade behind the best time in that event, you know who the best time was? was I don't. Morgan Davis. How about from that? Just thought I'd toss that in, but congratulations to her. All right, so uh, the poll question, if you could sit next to one 
of the three at an NBA game, who would it be? Aaron Rodgers, Michael J. Fox, Jessica Alba. Knowing, by the way, that there's no guarantee that any of them would talk to you, acknowledge your existence, or whatever. Uh, we're asking that poll question. We apparently here have different answers. Uh, I say Jessica Alba. It's not even close. Nick, is it fair to say Michael J. Fox would be the guy you'd want? To, you'd rather sit next to F Michael J. Fox? Oh yeah, most definitely. And what about you, Lee? I would either go Fox. Just because, you know, and I, I, he would be more talkative, I think. He seems like a very friendly guy and a guy that's, you know, I admire because of what he's overcome. Uh, Rogers, Sauce Gardner would be second. I don't really care about whether I'm sitting next to an actress or not. I would rather sit at press row, to be honest with you. Fantastic. Okay. Fantastic for <laughs> rather be chumming it up with Spike Lee. You know, that's that that used to be it, uh, Nick. When they panned, it was always Spike Lee or John McEnroe, and I'm trying to think who else back when, when they weren't very good. Uh, but now they're all coming out. And let's face it, if Rodgers wasn't a Jet, he wouldn't even be there. I mean, he's been at the hockey games. He's been at the uh, basketball games. He's been all over the place. I asked this question, do they pay for their own ticket or are they just giving comps? Because I can't imagine James Dolan giving anybody a comp. No, I'm sure they're, somebody's getting them for him. I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think they comp playoff tickets on the floor. I just don't see it. But so what you're saying now is, uh, at least Jessica Alba, there might be a chance that she's a legit Knicks fan. Like, she, maybe she's there all the time. Or Aaron Rodgers just showing up for the camera. True. Or is just she... Just another pretty face in she, Hollywood, man, or that Aaron Rodgers. Is she just there with a date who happens to be a Knicks I think fan? She, I think she's married. Think she's oh, she is. So yeah, does I, that change your knowing that she's married? Does that change wanting to sit by her? No, not at all. I, I feel like I could have a very good conversation with her and her husband about her cinematic career, and and ask her those deep probing questions about Fantastic Four and Sin City and Honey. Well, that's why I wouldn't be any good doing that because I thought you were talking about Jessica Biel, so I'd be really yeah. off the block. So that, I wouldn't be any good at that. Yeah, I loved you in that Blade Trinity movie. <laughs> <laughs> Seventh Heaven. Um, all right, Charles Kelly is next. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP. from Alabama. He's number one. He's a proven winner. He always wins. I don't give a damn what size he is. I do not care. That kid has shown me none but poise, professionalism, and he's a darn winner. How about two? That will be my number one. How about two? How about two? The hey, quarterback. 632. Welcome back in here on a uh, busy, what has turned into a very busy Thursday edition. It's the opening kickoff. That, of course, the voice of Deion Sanders talking uh, prior to the NFL draft about Alabama quarterback or former Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. Couldn't get Dion on this morning, but I got the next best thing as defensive coordinator. Had a chance to catch up to him thanks to the efforts of Ronnie Cottrell. Charles Kelly, who had been at Alabama and is now at Colorado. Charles, can't thank you enough. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. Well, I know what you're doing. You're out recruiting, right? Yeah. Uh, to fill about, what, 40, 30 to 40 positions on the team? I'm only exaggerating. So tell me, uh, by the way, before we even get to recruiting, I know it's early working with Dion, And, of course, Dion and Nick Saban connected at the hip for Aflac. Any major differences or similarities working for the two? 
You know what? Uh, I, I've had a lot of people ask me that, and you know the the thing that I, I tell people there are a lot more similarities than there are differences. And when I say that, uh, first of all, when I talk about them as people, what kind of men they are, both of them very good, uh, very good men. They're both uh, strong men of faith. Uh, number one, and the standard that they set for you know what they want to accomplish is, you know, is just uh, second to none. Um, you know, Dion, he is, uh, he's, he's a coach that everything he's done in his life, you know, he's set a high standard. And it's impossible to read some of the things that he's done unless he has that. And Coach Saban was the same, is the same way. I mean, the standard that he set for the people around him, his program, what he wants to accomplish, you know, and, and sometimes – People aren't made to, you know, to, um, how would I say it, to live up to that standard. And, you know, that's okay. It's okay. But, uh, you know, both of those guys, they have a lot in common. Now, personality, uh, they have different personalities. But that's okay. People can be different. And coaches can be different. And I think uh, nobody wants to try to be, you know, the exact same person as somebody else. But they do – you know, uh, they have their own ways of doing things. And, uh, you know, I listen, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed working for Coach Saban, one of the best experiences of my life. I was glad I had the opportunity to do that. And then I'm just happy to be able to work uh, with Coach Prime. You know, he's been, he's been good to me. We've been friends for a long time. And, you know, I'm excited to see what the, what the future holds. Charles, why don't you bring us up to date, without getting too specific, kind of an overview, because you and I had this conversation the other day about all the yeah. players. That was a big story. Colorado's getting a lot of play, let's face it. What they, they, they said about 31 players left after the uh, spring game. So you're on the road, road recruiting. How many guys do you have to bring in now? Uh, well, you know, we, we had brought some guys in at the break, and we knew that we were going to uh, – heavy in the transfer portal. Listen, there's a reason um, why we had the opportunity to go to Colorado. I mean, we had to, uh, there's a lot of things that, that, that we had to fix. Uh, part of that is roster management. That's one of the toughest things, you know, that you have to do as a, as a coach. But our job is to get the players in there to help us be able to win the Pac-12. So that's what we've had to do. And, uh, you know, there were, uh, I guess, I, I don't know the total number, but, you know, we've had a, we've had a lot of guys that uh, have already committed to us, and probably in the next couple of weeks, you're going you're gonna to hear, you know, some, some more guys uh, that, that we already know about. I can't speak publicly on it, but, but you'll, you'll start hearing the name. So we feel we're right on track of where we're supposed to be of, you know, of filling that roster out. I think what people, uh, Charles Kelly, our guest here on WNSP, uh, I think what, what what catches people's attention is not the fact that there are people coming and going. It's, I guess the, I guess it's fair to say it's such an extreme number, right? It's such an extreme makeover. It's not something that you typically see uh, in college football as much as we talk about the portal and guys coming and going. Well, it had to be extreme. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you knew the situation that was, uh, you know, that, that they were in, 
Um, when we got there, um, it, listen, in leadership, one of the toughest things to do, you know, is to make tough decisions. And you have to do that in order to change something. If you, if you do the same thing over and over and expect a different result, that's just the definition of insanity. You can't do that. So there were, there were things that had to be done. Uh, yes, was it extreme? But, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes you have to do extreme things to, to be able to get changed. Charles, I want to go back on something you said earlier that you've known Dion for a long time. Where'd you first meet him? How, how did this relationship develop? Well, uh, Coach Prime and I, we, we were in school at the same time together. He was at Florida State. I was at Auburn. I didn't really know him that well then. Um, I, I mean, I, I might have met him, you know, a couple of times, but I did not know him. And then, uh, you know, I, I followed his career. Uh, football and baseball. Uh, I knew some people with the Braves organization who who knew Coach, you know, and they back then they told me that this guy's an incredible worker, uh, you know, one of the hardest working people they had ever seen. You know, I was always I was always just impressed with how he accomplished things, you know, especially at that level in football and baseball. But fast forward to when I was at Florida State. He was working with the NFL Network, and um, I got—I um, guess it was—he uh, was. I, I think Jalen Ramsey was uh, getting ready for the draft, and he came down to FSU, and he and I spent a lot of time together talking, you know, during that time. And then once he got the job at Jackson State, we kind of stayed in touch. And when he got the job at Jackson State. Um, I went and visited with his coaches, and, you know, we clinicked together and did some things like that and just stayed in touch. And he always said, uh, listen, one, you know, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a shot at one of these jobs, and when I do, he said, I want to I have a chance to hire you. So, um, you know, I guess we kind of grew up, um, you know, we're the same age. He played for Mickey Andrews at um, Florida State. I played for Pat Dye, Wayne Hall at uh, Auburn. So very similar personalities, and you know, it's, it's uh, I'm I'm glad I had the opportunity to work with him. Uh, Coach, I wanted to ask you. Uh, there was a, a narrative out there that I that needed some clearing up about as guys were transferring out of Colorado, they couldn't seem to get any game film or film. I shouldn't even say game film, but any film of themselves to give to other potential. Uh, suitors, um, I think you guys, as a as a university, came out with a statement that all game film or all film would be uh, would be sent out. I believe. Where, how, how did that get all jumbled? Like, where where did that narrative go wrong? I have no idea. I mean, you're that's that's above me, and I, nobody that never came across in a meeting or anything. So I I don't know where that I don't know where that came from. I think some. You know, sometimes people look for stories and they want to, you know, I mean, some of that, uh, from what I understand, some of that film was that they were looking for was last year's practice film. And I mean, my, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. And uh, so I really don't know. 
Okay, on the recruiting chart, are you mainly high school kids now, or is this portal that you're recruiting? Uh, well, uh, both. I mean, right now, I mean, like I said, we've got a, um, you know, a, a few commitments. Well, we got a lot of commitments out of the portal, and then in the next couple of weeks, you're you're going to see some some more. Uh, but now I'm on the road, you know, actively recruiting. 2024, 25, and 26 high school. You know, so once we once we can balance uh, balance this roster, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be um, just like uh, just like it is every year. We're gonna be in the need for you know the best high school players in the country, and that's that's what we're trying to find. Would you like to see the portal go away? No, I think the portal. You know. I, I don't know that uh, maybe there's there's some rule changes or some things that you know you uh, maybe want to adjust. But listen, the the portal has been good for a lot of people when it's used the right way. You know, when I was at Alabama, uh, we had guys coming there that came out of the portal. I, I take for example just uh, Jameson Williams. It was a good opportunity for him. Um, he was in a situation at Ohio State. He was looking. All he was looking for was to be able to better himself. He had, you know, he had stayed uh, for a while there. He came to Alabama. You know, he was mainly playing special teams at Ohio State. Um, he comes to Alabama. He has an opportunity to get on the field as a receiver. Creates a lot of value for himself. You know, so there are a lot of stories like that that are, you know, that are good things. Now there's some. Sometimes I think, uh, you know, when you do things out of haste and you jump in and maybe you hadn't thought about the whole process, it, sometimes the grass is not greener on the other side. But I think, you know, I think young men ought to have the opportunity if they want to make a change to be able to do that. And uh, I just think it, uh, you know, the regulation of it. And what, what I want to make sure of, and me as a coach, is that, all these young men that have opportunity to go to college to develop themselves, not only for the next four years, but the next 40 years, they still have an opportunity to do that, you know, in getting that education because that is the most important thing. You know, when at the end of the day, all these young men, very few percentage of them are going to be drafted. So getting that education is the most important thing. Before we let you go, I got to ask you, man, how crazy was that spring game with the attendance and, and, and the hoopla that surrounded uh, that, that glorified scrimmage? It's got to be really exciting around that program right now. It's very exciting. You know, I remember when Colorado football filled that stadium up all the time. When I, you know, when I finished at Auburn uh, back in uh, 89, 90, I mean, Colorado was one of the, uh, they were one of the premier programs in the country. In fact, I can remember starting as a young defensive back coach. They had some of the best defensive backs, you know, in America. And, you know, I would study what they did. But just to be able to see that excitement back, see the passion that those people, you know, those people are hungry. And that's that's neat as a coach to walk in a place like that where, where people are real hungry. And uh, the atmosphere was great. Uh, the people have been great. They, they've given us a lot of support. Um, you know, it's, I knew when we went out there, it's going to take a lot of hard work, but that's that's why you coach. It's the it's the competition. It's 
is being able to, you know, change programs to change young men. You know, and I think I think we've got the community behind us, and uh, again, we've got work to do, but we're, we're enjoying doing it. Coach, congratulations, man! Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on the opening kickoff. We really look forward to doing it again soon, and uh, we'll be in touch. All right, thank you for having me. That's uh, Colorado defense coordinator Charles Kelly here on WNSP, who last year was coaching at Alabama's co-defensive coordinator. Dr. Christopher Mullinex, his office opens up in a couple of hours. If you have any oral facial needs uh, for your mouth, jaw, surgery, whatever, if you have any emergencies, give them a call at 471-3381. Now, normally in the morning they're in surgery. They can take you for just a visit in the afternoon more times than not. Uh, they're located at 715 Downtown or Boulevard. Three outstanding oral surgeons, Dr. Mullenix, Dr. Wallander, and Dr. Babston. You do not need a referral recommendations. I'll give you one right now. Uh, if you have any kind of, uh, let's say, jaw surgery you need or wisdom teeth or dental implants, they're the ones to go see. Uh, they've done work on me for many, many years, and everything has worked out very nicely, let me say that. They also are our uh, title sponsor for the uh, championship drive, which takes us to McGill-Tulin tomorrow morning. All right, when we come back, we'll catch up with Bob Iback, Paul Feinbaum at 7 o'clock. You guys can jump in on our big poll question of the day. If you could sit next to one of the three at an NBA game, would it be Aaron Rodgers, Michael J. Fox, or Jessica Alba? And the only reason we bring that up is because uh, Aaron Rodgers gave a... Uh, Sauce Gardner a, uh, a little ribbing because he did not know who Jessica Alba was. Jessica Alba is now trending for a number of reasons. Actually, there's really only one reason. But we're asking you, who would you sit next to? As you might expect, we have a difference of opinion on this show to the answer to that question. We're going to wrap up our number one next right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Joe Godfrey. I'm a big fan of 105.5 WNSP Sports. Nandai thanks. Hennon Hooker, pretty good start. 7 for 11, a couple touchdowns starting for Tennessee. Bryce Young wanted to go deep. And he's got him! Jamison Williams eating up the yardage again. 81-yard reception. Hey, welcome back in. 6.52, wrapping up our number one. It's our final day in studio for the week, but fear not, there's plenty left here on a Thursday edition. All right, Bryce Young, you heard some play-by-play, -play, and the Panthers hoping he can do the same thing for him. The first Alabama drafted overall number one since Harry Gilmore back in 1948. For that, Nico Sports has come out with a memorabilia. Bryce Young football, and here with more details on that to tell you how you can get that football is my good friend Bob Iback. Hi, Bob. How you doing this morning? I am doing great. I hope you and Mark are doing the same way, and I know we're going uh, heading toward the weekend, and we've been talking about this with you guys earlier in the week because Bryce Young, of course, got picked number one uh, a week ago from tomorrow in the NFL draft and we have something if you're an Alabama fan and I know there's a lot of folks in your area who are I've got something very unique very historic that uh, no one else is going to be able to have unless you go ahead and uh, 
website that I'll be giving out in a moment. What I'm talking about is a full-sized, officially licensed football that salutes Bryce Young being the number one draft pick in the NFL draft a little, a little about a little over a week ago. And uh, we've got uh, some really nice information uh, embossed on this football. And part of the proceeds will also benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Alabama to help youngsters who have life-threatening medical conditions get some special wishes. It's a group that I've worked with going back to, way back to 1980s when I was with the Chicago Cubs organization. These footballs are priced at just $119 each. Only 2,023 of these will be ever be produced. Uh, it's very limited. Uh, we're about two-thirds of the way sold out coming into the show this morning. You'll get an individually numbered certificate of authenticity. Before I give out that phone number and website, how you can order these and maybe consider to use them for a Father's Day, Mother's Day gift idea, because you'll be able to download a gift card when you go to the website. Uh, what you'll get on the top panel of the ball is an action color photograph of Bryce Young right there next to some of his stats. Below that on the second panel we'll have some of Bryce's Alabama records and career highlights embossed on that part of the, of the football. And then the third panel has some of his Heisman season statistics that he got from a couple years ago and also has a special panel on there that salutes him being the number one pick by the Carolina Panthers. So you get all that on this football. It's a uh, Really, really sharp looking. We only have a few left. Uh, they're $119 each. Here's how you can go ahead and order these before they're sold out. It's 1-800-345-2868. Again, that's 1-800-345-2868. Or uh, Lee and Mark, you can go right to the website. Even better, you can see it right there for yourself. NikoSports.com. It's spelled N-I-K-C-O-Sports.com. Again, that's spelled N-I-K-C-O-Sports.com. Or just call 1-800-345-2868. Get yourself something very historic and something that when somebody walks into your home or office, they're going to say, wow, where did you get that Bryce Young football? Bob, many, many thanks. I uh, hope everything's going well with you, and I'm sure we'll be hearing from you maybe next fall if Alabama can get a championship, all right, yes, or Auburn. Uh, yeah, that's right. We love working with you guys. We've, you guys have helped us raise. We're up to over $3.2 million now for children's charity. So a big shout-out to everybody and your audience and yourselves uh, for helping us accomplish that. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. You know, really one of the highlights that I saw when I was watching the NFL draft last week, as Bob mentioned, the Make-A-Wish. You, did you see it when the, uh, the youngster, the Make-A-Wish Foundation youngster came out and announced the Jets pick? It was, yeah, it was really, really neat. All right. Uh, I, um, I'm leaning now. I'm changing my mind, Mark. I'm, I'm changing my mind. I'm going with Nick on this. You asked the question who I would rather sit next to, Michael J. Fox, easily over Aaron Rodgers and Jessica Alba. Okay. Because I think she'd be, he'd be more conversational. I think he he looks like the type that you could really have a neat conversation, have fun with at a game. Aaron Rodgers different to me is strokes too, for different Aaron's folks, too aloof and quirky for me. <laughs> and uh, there's. You know, I, I don't think he'd want to even say hello to me or whatever. Leave me alone type. You also got to think from their perspective, 
Does Jessica Alba want a middle-aged guy coming and just sitting next to her and talking about the Fantastic Four? Probably not. Well, and I'm beyond middle age, so how about that? <laughs> I, think I, you, I would be described as probably. I think creepy. you guys were overthinking this entirely too much. No, we're I not. Think you're underthinking it, and you're and you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Are you looking at to sit next to somebody just because? Oh, I was sitting next to because again, Michael J. Fox <laughs> looks like somebody you could actually talk to and have a nice conversation yeah. with. Whereas you're, just, you're you're like these kids nowadays, man. You're just going for the selfie. Yeah, that's it. That's, you, you got it. You nailed me. All right, Perfect. who is the most, uh, let's say, in your career ever sit next to? Who would you put, let's say, the most famous person you ever sat next to at anywhere? Auditorium, game, anywhere? Lee Trevanian. All right, that's fair. How about you, Nick? The most famous person Yeah, I have to give that one some thought. Yeah. I'm trying to think of one, too. I like for an extended period of time? Well, at a game where you, you, you're sitting next to it, a game, or you're watching a game, or something like that. And it could be more of a Lee Shervanian question. I don't really have many options to go through. Uh, You've covered well, a lot of games, Mark. You, you, yeah, but they've all been in the press box. I mean, always, I, it's not exactly a, a spot where celebrities hang all out. All right, you never sat next to anybody in the press box, though, who was a celebrity? No. You don't remember that time you were covering that game with Chris Rock? Yeah, no. But Jessica Alba, man, she could write a story real quick. Paul Feinbaum's next. We got to get to Charles Barkley, too, because he reared his ugly side the other day with his cell phone. Disgusting. We'll talk about it. Stay with us. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. To the opening kickoff is here. Mark and Lee and Triple G, we're in the studios of WNSP. Coming up at 7.30, Eli Gold. But now, the man, the myth, the legend. Yes, we're going to get to Paul Feinbaum. Uh, the one headline I had uh, wasn't much of a game last night. Game two of the NBA Eastern Semis. The Celtics won by 34 points, even though Jason Tatum had a terrible game. <laughs> and they still won. And Joel Embiid did return. Didn't make any difference. Celtics winning on their home floor. We'll get to that later on. Mr. Paul Feinbaum from uh, ESPN, the SEC Network, joining us this morning. Paul, thanks for taking time. Good morning. You doing okay? We are doing great. Thank you, Lee. I wanted to ask you, do you think this story that started with the Ohio bookmakers shifted to New Jersey, and then with Greg Sankey actually coming out with a statement do you think there's anything to this? I mean, who would have thought a week ago we'd be talking to you about a college baseball game and suspicious betting? I don't know enough about it, to be honest about it. But with Sankey throwing his weight into it now and with two states saying no more betting on Alabama baseball, what do you take away from this, if anything? I don't know enough about it, uh, Lee, to, to be an expert. Uh I, I had a caller last night, a student, 
who talked about it and what he said was interesting. Ninety-five uh, percent of college students, he said, that he knew and were, were friends with, bet on bet on everything. So I, I think I think it's more of a, I think it's a bigger picture issue. I, I, I think this particular uh, story is just what what sparked it. But uh, I think we have a <laughs> something that we really shouldn't be surprised by. The young people bet, and and, and when when I mean all the trickle downs from that are, are, are self evident. See, he asked it in a different way. If, if my first question would have been, "How long you been betting on Alabama baseball, Paul?" Well, I've never placed a bet on anything in my life, so I, I'm in a really uh, awkward position here. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I I literally don't know. I mean, I I know a lot about uh, point spreads and things like that, but I know nothing about betting. And this young guy gave me an education because I, I did not realize all the things that are going on right now because. It's just not something that particularly interests me. I just, I just think this is going to surface a little bit, if not a little bit, maybe more during the spring meetings. Obviously, with the schedule format being right up there now, with penalties for fans storming the field, I just, I, I can't imagine Sankey not addressing it. Well, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he will. I mean, you, you have to when something like this is going on, but. Uh, I think it will be way down the list when it comes to uh, the future of the conference in terms of the scheduling, uh, eight or nine, who the permanent opponents are. That is clearly topic number one. Absolutely. Do you think they're going to have reps from Texas and Oklahoma, especially media days in July? Uh, they will be represented uh, in Destin at the, at the spring meetings primarily because that's where the, cop the topics are about next year. Uh, no, not at media days. There's no, there's no reason to be at media days because Texas and Oklahoma will be playing this year in the, in the big 12. So I would be uh, shocked to see anybody from, from either, either school in Nashville. Are you surprised at all? And this is more on the lighter side. Are you surprised that I guess the consensus of those coming out with the pre top 25 or their top five, they're not including Alabama in there. I'm not surprised, Lee, and, and really, if you if you if you go back to the beginning of this year to now, uh, there is a there is a clear narrative that has developed uh, and is being discussed and disseminated. And the narrative, I'm just saying, I'm, you know, I'll come back to what, what I believe in in a minute. But the narrative is from pre-spring to post-spring that Alabama has slipped, that the quarterback dilemma at Alabama has cost them that there have been mistakes made. Uh, the fact that there are two new coordinators, which have happened many times in the past, but this one seems to be uh, more striking primarily because Tommy Reese is not Brian Dable, Steve Sarkeesian, or Lane Kiffin. And as a result of that, uh, the program has slipped. Now, where has it slipped from? It's essentially slipped from number two perceptively in the country behind Georgia. It was number one a year ago to five or six, and, and that's what you're seeing. And it, it, this is not an isolated situation. This isn't one guy at Barstool or 24-7 or Saturday Down South or ESPN saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be a jerk. I'm going to put Nick Saban at number six. This is almost everyone uh, that I've seen so far. It, it, is it groupthink? Maybe. Uh, is it accurate? To be determined. But it, but it is clearly the new narrative in college football that Alabama has slipped at least a hair from where it was. 
So to your point, Paul Feinbaum, our guest here, follow him on uh, Twitter at Feinbaum. To your point, though, uh, about your your personal opinion on this, I, I think you mentioned it earlier, might have uh, stirred some headlines that, that under the right circumstances, you'd pick Kirby Smart right now over Nick Saban to be your coach, right? Or yeah, put- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that, yeah, I was asked on a show, uh, you know, who would you take, Kirby Smart or Nick Saban? And, and I, I think the answer is obvious. Uh, you, you would hire a 48-year-old coach who's going for his third national championship uh, over a about to be 72-year-old coach who, who's, who's had a, you know, the greatest career of all time, but still, uh, how much more runway does he have? And and I, what I really what I said was that I, I think Kirby Smart has a better operation today. What does that mean? I think uh, you know, overall, uh, top to bottom, uh, I'm, I'm I'm I don't know about Alabama's coaching staff right now. Uh, you, you can say anything you want about Tommy Reese, but he's a big unknown. He's the biggest unknown that that Saban has had in a while. And it, you know you can. You can be unsure uh, whether Bill O'Brien was the right call a couple of years ago, but you but you couldn't be unsure about who the quarterback was, uh, and and now you now you have to be, and and and, I, and it's it's just it's it's it, it's like one drop into the water. I mean, you always hear the you know there's one drop of blood into the ocean, uh, and 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 the shark starts uh, moving toward the the drop, and then there's another drop, and suddenly you have a uh, a school of sharks, uh, and and that's really what's happening. Suddenly, Nick Saban is his his future is in play for the first time, legitimately. Yeah, yeah. You you could have said four or five years ago, is this the end when they lost by twenty eight? But you also knew who the quarterbacks were coming back. You can, I mean, right now there there is a big unknown, and uh, you know I have a lot of friends of mine who were around forty years ago who are saying, oh, there's some some similarities to the end of Brian. Now the end of Brian just snuck up on people. Uh, they were they were number two in the country in uh, October, and, and they lost to Tennessee, and the bottom fell out. They lost the, the, uh, the last three games of the season, and Brian was gone. Uh, nobody's suggesting that. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what this is. And 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 when you talk about saving Mark. Everybody's got to say the same thing. I'm, I'm not going to be the one. I'm not going to be the guy. You, 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 nobody's ever made a made a living ruling Nick Saban out. I mean, every every but every time you hear somebody say that, they're about to the predicate of the sentence is about to say something that is unkind to Alabama, and that that's the difference. You didn't uh, three years ago. You didn't hear anybody saying this because Alabama uh, was going from from Tua to Mac Jones to Bryce Young from from Jalen Hurts. Now you're going to who 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 in that quarterback room uh, do you want to put your, uh, your your hard-earned money on? Is the question. Paul, do you think Nick Saban wins another championship at Alabama? Uh, not this year. We'll let that hang. And, and I, yeah. the, reason I, the reason why I answer that is I don't. I, I would say that there's a possibility of it, sure, because the 12-team playoff. Uh, offers you uh, a lot more chances. It's like going to the state fair, uh, and you're you're you're. I mean, you, you've got a bunch of different possibilities to to take home a teddy bear. Um, I I think this year uh, is it will be difficult because of the circumstances. Uh, but but yeah, I, I think it's possible. But by no means am I predicting it. And you're talking somebody Lee to from 2008 on. I have predicted Alabama to win the national championship every year. And I've been right about half the time. (laughs) 
Man, you should you should place a bet sometime. Paul, he's Paul <laughs> Feinbaum. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, at Feinbaum. All right, Paul, we have a, 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 some business to tend to. I need your opinion. This is kind of a uh, a difficult spot we're in here. Here locally, the uh, the Nappy Awards, which are an annual contest here in Mobile, uh, brought uh, their, the nominations were released yesterday. We here at the opening kickoff are nominated for three different categories, including best sports radio host slash show. We share that okay. designation with the Paul Feinbaum show. I'm curious. Uh, first of all, congratulations. Are, are we are we shooting ourselves in the foot by having you as a guest or are we helping ourselves by doing that? So the Feinbaum show is nominated. It is indeed. The Paul Feinbaum show okay. is indeed well, nominated. I, I am going to do something uh, uncharacteristic. Uh, I am going to vote for this show right here, not the Feinbaum show. Wow. And the reason why is, is that this is a local show, and I, I'm a big believer in local radio, even though I don't do it anymore, and, and I think local shows have a significant purpose. Where the Feinbaum show, as, as much as I would like people to listen uh, in every community, is available on countless other forums. It, it's available on satellite radio. It's available on television, uh, where local shows are unique to the market. So I am uh, put down a vote for me for the uh, – what's the name of the show? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the opening kickoff, yes. <laughs> That's good, Paul. That's really good. <laughs> All right, and there and there I thought I had a, a story I was going to write today about Paul <laughs> on Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. I've, I'm, I'm rewriting. I, I had it all totally. pre-written. It's like being at a gamer on deadline, and the the hell Mary goes. I'm rewriting. I am rewriting. I want to hear to, his response to your next question. All right, so here's the other thing, Paul. We have an unofficial. So uh, as you may or may not know, Jessica Alba is trending on social media after being right. at the Knicks game, right? Uh, so Aaron Rodgers. Uh, was giving Sauce Gardner a bad time because he didn't know who Jessica Alba was. Our question is, if you could go to, if you were at an NBA game, would you rather sit next to Aaron Rodgers, Michael J. Fox, who was also in attendance, or Jessica Alba? Uh, actually, Chris Rock. I saw he was at the game, too. I would love to sit next to him. Uh, I mean, Jessica Alba, does, she's great, but I, I don't, I mean, I've, I've met enough starlets in my time. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're, I'm, I'm there to watch the game and, and to be seen. So, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I uh, the celebrities, uh, Chris Rock is the guy, uh, I've, 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 I've met Spike Lee before. Um, so I've already gotten that experience out of the way. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of—I probably would go Chris. I, I just want to know exactly how that slap felt from Will Smith. That's fair enough. All right. So since you've met starlets, who has been the most—how should we say—most um, uh, physically talented actress you've ever uh, come across? I—I—I I, I didn't notice. I—I I look at people. I—I <laughs> uh, I don't see anything other than their their heart and soul. Uh, and, and and the kind of person they are and what they what they give back to mankind. Yes, yes. You, I mean, Lee, do you think I'm falling for that line from from Mark? I mean, I, I can see that headline. You know, Feinbaum says, "Yeah, so and so the you know the the, the whatever." Uh, I mean, I've I've been tricked you, before by you. Hey, I'm, Paul, I'm not going, Paul, I'm not going down you, that you ought road. to have to put up with this three hours every day, Monday through Friday, falling into his traps. Yeah. Well played, Paul. I can't trick you, sir.
Uh, I, I have two stories already written. I was going for a third, and Paul, you failed me. Paul, so here's the deal. Listen to the, what we had to put up with. Both Nick and I, of the three he gave us, we'd rather you know be conversational and sit next to Michael J. Fox. So Mark comes back and says, what, you don't think Jessica Alba is talented or enough? I'm like, no, I had nothing to do yeah, with exactly. that. I'd rather sit next exactly. to Michael J. Fox. All right, there's a reason, though, that Jessica Alba is trending and Michael J. Fox is not. So what? Well, I'm telling well, you, you're I will in the. Say this. I, I have no, I have absolutely no interest in sitting next to Jessica Alba. Why? You d- you didn't like her in the movie Honey? Uh, <laughs> say, listen to this <laughs> trap. I mean, I mean, she's an actress. I mean, so what? I mean, Michael J. Fox at least is giving back to man. I mean, he's he, he's a man of all seasons. Yeah. But he wasn't in the Fantastic Four, though. Lady. See, here's you know, the deal, Paul. Paul. Well, no. Mark just well, wants I, I, us. I, I, I try not to view. I, I, you know, I, I mean, if you've met one celebrity, you've met them all, Mark. Uh, I mean, I, I will tell you that. All right. So, seriously, who's who's the most famous? Like, who? Which which celebrity have you met that kind of blew your mind? Like, most famous person ever? That you're like, that's cool. Uh, well, I mean, I've talked to one or two presidents before. Does that count? I would think so. I, I think that qualifies. Yeah, I, I, I I have met a lot of different. I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to table this. I want to think about this because there are really a lot of. Sometimes they're just not that much fun to talk to. Yeah. Uh, and, and and I've been to Hollywood, and I, I mean actresses kind of get lumped together. But uh, you know, I would say I would say uh, talking to a president uh, is probably more entertaining to me than talking to an actress. Paul, always insightful. Always. Uh... Always recordable, and we appreciate the uh, we appreciate you uh, backing the opening kickoff here for the nappy. We'll be in touch. Have a great week, man. Thanks, Paul. Thank Have a week. good day. Yep. Well, I can't think of a better endorsement than one of the guys that's in the the, the category. That's better than the one we got from the president yesterday. Not much. All right, so we we may have some more um, endorsements coming today, perhaps okay. from a whole different. Galaxy. Uh, is it is it is the galaxy close? Like how would how or is it I I I'd, uh, how would you classify it? I'd say it's pretty pretty far far away. Yeah. That's what I call softball. <laughs> uh we doing a scoreboard here or we go long? We'll yeah. skip it. Alright, traffic Just and so weather. You can, uh, yeah, do my thing. Do your thing. And then of course, we gotta get to Charles Barkley too, because unsettling moment there on on the set of TNT the other day. Stay with us. War Eagle, this is Butch Thompson, head baseball coach at Auburn University. You're listening to WNSP. And now Ozuna, two hits and a walk last night, and Marcelo Ozuna hits a blast to left. Oh, my, it's a grand slam. All right, 725, thanks for hanging with us here on the opening kickoff. We'll take your phone calls at 694-1055. want to remind you, by the way, that if you are 65 or close to the age of retirement, maybe even within a year of it, you need to uh, call our guy, um, Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors. He doesn't sell Medicare insurance, but what is Medicare Insurance Advisors? All right, well, it's an organization that has a focus on being com- a community resource for the senior market. Um, they provide a, a custom experience for their clients 
who are in the community, obviously. And the process is centered around providing education and long-term support. It's not just one-time enrollment meeting. So this is where Aiden comes in. If you're confused, tired of nonstop solicitation calls, maybe you just need a local agent. There's a lot of information about Medicare out there. Guys, there's never a fee for Aiden's services. He's simply there to help inform and educate you as you make your decisions on health care when you get close to the retirement age. Go see him. He's got an office on Highway 98 across from uh, Terry Thompson Chevrolet in Daphne. Give him a call, 463-0031. That's 463-0031. Aiden Marks, Medicare Insurance Advisors. Local, knowledgeable, and has a physical location. Go see him. The audio clip you heard, Ozuna, he was batting about 100. Think about that, 100. And he hits the grand slam. He also hit another home run. He raised his average up to about 130 yesterday. By the way, your guy Heim had another home run yesterday. Of course he did. Yes, he so did. So as you know, today is uh, May 4th. So may the 4th be with you. Thank you. Uh, and uh, so Paul Feinbaum has openly endorsed the opening kickoff for the Nappies. And uh, Nick had mentioned we, we heard from some former presidents yesterday and a little red furry animal. Uh, today, I believe there's uh, the endorsements continue to come in. Uh, yeah. Do you want to play the latest? Sure. It's over and again. Give up your dark ways and come back to the light side. I'll never join you. We'll never see eye to eye on anything. Well, who are you voting for best morning show, best DJ team, and best sports radio show with the Nappies? What kind of foolish question is that? Of course I'm voting for the opening kickoff with Mark and Lee. All those categories. As am I. Perhaps we're not so different, you and I. You're right, Obi-Wan. Let's set aside our differences and come together in agreeance that the opening kickoff with Mark and Lee has the best DJ team, it's the best sports radio show, and the best morning show in Mobile. I mean, you aren't lying. I mean, that wasn't even in a galaxy here, close to here. I know. And See, look. Can we get like Charles Barkley to do one for us? people together. Yeah. Can we get Barkley to do one for us? We could. Ah, uh, that might be tough. Might, He's busy he? right now. We have to get to that at some point, too. But to Nick's point. Here in the last couple days, we've had people with different ideologies coming from the whole different spectrums coming together, unifying. We are a unifying force, force, if you will. Mm. <laughs> Nine hundred years old, you become. You not look so good. <laughs> Vote nappies. I did. Vote opening kickoff. You must. Yes. In fact, talk like this. We will rest of show we might drive me crazy we will try it you should oh, even when you talk normal you drive me crazy so what can difference you do that make? can you no i can't i can't 900 years old you become you not look so good you mm-hmm. or do not there is no try vader you must confront vader then and only then a jedi will you be to our audience mm-hmm. who does the best nick or mark oh another we will for Trevino and the Yankees win it in walk-off fashion. Cabrera scores. Trevino off the bench with a pinch-hit game-winning single and the Yankees win 4-3. All right, 7.32, boys and girls. Welcome back in on a uh, busy, busy 
Thursday edition. We appreciate you making us part of your morning. It's the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee and Triple G right here on the sports station WNSP. That was a Yankee highlight, which I know makes our next guest uh, happy. He's a Yankee fan. Mr. Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide. Eli, welcome aboard. Good morning. How are you today? Good, good. You know, I, I watched uh, the other day uh, a video of John Sterling calling a uh, LeMahieu walk-off base hit uh, when uh, Kiner Falafa scored from third and the Yankees won their ball game. And just watching, it was a, an in-the-booth camera of John Sterling. And, you know, to think that the man is 84 years old, he looks, he, he looks youthful. Sounded great. And, of course, watching him gyrate as he does when he does that final call of a, of a win, the Yankees win, it was really something very interesting to watch. Eli, your favorite John Sterling phrase, you know how he throws stuff in with players? And yeah, yeah. Which is is there anything that sticks out in your memory, like uh, Stantoni or Judgeoni and home run? I, and he, I can't remember all of them, but he's. Is there any that stick I, out? I don't. Nothing. Nothing of that nature. The thing that I do remember is when the Yankees, uh, when the United States uh, went after uh, Bin Laden and got bin laden you know we remember that whole situation and uh, they found him in islamabad that evening and uh, it was during a yankee game and john sterling was doing the play-by-play and he goes uh, it's what am I, the three two to johnson fouled away count remains full of three and two Ah, here's an interesting story. (laughs) The United States has just uh, caught Osama bin Laden. They have found Osama bin Laden. Again, the three-two to Johnson. (laughs) You know, it was like it it was like you know he was trying to work both major stories in at the same time. But you know, I remember John Sterling um, when he was in New York City doing the World Hockey Association's New York Raiders and the New York Golden Blades uh, World Hockey Association games. So uh, not that I knew him at all. I knew him as a listener. That was about it. But, yeah, he's been around uh, forever, but 84 years old and still doing Yankee baseball. Yeah. You know, I think the most famous, to me, now I don't remember that one, But to me, I guess where you had a late-breaking story interrupting play-by-play is when Howard Cosell, doing Monday Night Football, reported on the shooting death of John 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 Lennon. Lennon. Yeah, John Lennon. That's the one that stood out. I I think millions of Americans remember that, you know, watching that Monday Night game. And uh, Howard handled it very, very well, as only he could uh, in those days. And then, of course, you go back to Jim McKay during the Olympics. Uh, yes, that's right. Uh, and first in Feldbrook with the uh, Israeli Olympic team being, uh, uh, you know, tied up in that major issue with the uh, with the Olympics and uh, how how he really went from being speaking of John of uh, Jim McKay went from being a a newsman uh, to being a sports guy to a news guy. 
And it was one of the greatest tributes. It was years later when I was listening, because the other guy on the broadcast that day uh, of the of the Israeli Olympic team tragedy was uh, Peter Jennings, who went on to be a, um, of course, a noted anchorman for ABC News. And when the, I heard Jennings talking about that and the job that Jim McKay did as a sports guy, you know, morphing into a newsman, uh, that to me was the, the greatest tribute that Jim McKay uh, could have gotten because, uh, you know, let's face it, uh, you have a, a, a magnificent history making instance like that. And he said, and, and he being Peter Jennings said, I just sat there and listened because I couldn't have done it any better than did Jim McKay. And that was quite the tribute. As you know, uh, Eli's been on with us uh, recently, and he, he's recovering from his illness and expects to be broadcasting Alabama football. I was going to ask you, will you be able to do any play-by-play -play of any other sports prior to the uh, first Alabama game? Are you planning to or hoping to? Well, there's nothing on my schedule at this point. So uh, my guess is that the opening uh, game of the regular season will be my first game back. Uh, you know, I am doing things on TV to prepare myself, but it's not a real broadcast. I mean, it's nothing that anybody can hear. But like for the A-Day game, you know, I, I sat in front of the TV and I made my charts up and I did my whole deal and, you know, tried to memorize who's what, where, and what have you. Uh, but as far as a real broadcast, uh, I have nothing on my schedule. So uh, opening night or opening day, whenever the game is, is likely to be the, the first one. I wanted to ask you, uh, with Bryce Young going first overall, the first Alabama number one pick since Harry Gilmore, and I know you and I weren't around when that happened. At least, right. at least uh, I was around, but I was only like one or two years old. Um, all the, you've had this great run of Alabama quarterbacks, McCarron, Jones, Tua, Jalen, and now Bryce. The, I, I, don't, I, I guess it's tough to compare, but if you want to, as far as broadcasting their games, is there anyone that really brought that much more excitement to you when calling a game? Wow. Well, I think the most exciting still has to be Tua taking over and throwing the game-winning touchdown, uh, you know, to Devontae Smith. As far as a single individual game, individual instance, that one still, uh, to me, has to be uh, number one overall. Uh, you know, the games have changed so much. They have all meant so much. But, boy, that, that, that night – that night was was tough to beat. It really was. Eli, before I let you go, I know you want a word or two about Dex Imaging. Yeah, Dex Imaging, good folks. As you know, we've talked about Dex for years and years now, and they are back with me as a sponsor here on WNSP. Thrilled to have them back, and I think I quickly got a word in about them last time. You know, when my, my office here at home is down in the basement, and I'm still having some, you know, issues dealing with all the stairs getting up and down, and the guys from Dex have helped me 
move my office to a, a higher spot here on the main level of the home so I can, you know, do my job and, and have my Dex copier and my scanner. I've been doing so much scanning here lately, getting stuff sent to here, there, and everywhere. You know, the, the bottom line, folks, they're good people. And, you know, it's a classic example of, look, I needed help. They gave me the help. And that's what you can count on, not just the machine, not just the fixing of the units, not just delivering the, the copier toner, the ink, but whatever you need, you can count on DEX imaging because there are people who are dedicated to your success and they do it so very well. D-E-X. Dex, that's DexImaging.com. Check them out and find out why I've been thrilled to talk about them for so many years. Yes, and we're so thrilled that you're back with us. And, you know, you're going into this Alabama season. We don't know who the starting quarterback's going to be this year, or at least I don't. No, I don't. I know it won't be me. You know, that, that's, that's one thing I can guarantee you. But, you know, the, the, the transfer from Notre Dame obviously has to be, uh, you know, very much in the mix now, especially with, uh, you know, the athletic, excuse me, with the offensive coordinator uh, coming over from uh, Notre Dame. Uh, you've still got guys who have shown well and played well in the off season, So that's why Nick Saban makes the big bucks, guys. It's not your decision, not mine, not my concern. When Nick Saban makes his decision, I'll be sold on it. So he doesn't confide in you? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. no. 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 Nick Saban does not confide in me. Uh, but, you know, he, he's, he's accessible to me when necessary. You know, people ask me that all the time. How often do you talk to Coach Saban? I bet you, and, and I, I, I could, you know, I'd have to go back and figure, but I bet you that in all these years, I probably have called him privately, privately, no more than four or five times. You know, it's just he doesn't need to be bothered by me. When he makes a decision that Eli needs to know about, you know, Eli knows about it, whether it's through a, a phone call from someone, not so much the coach, but from someone, whether it's a, a press release, whatever it is. I don't take advantage of that uh, of that. Uh, proximity to the coach if necessary i do but i bet you it's it's probably been three times over the years four times that i've actually picked up the phone and called the coach for a psst, psst, it's me eli can you tell me what's going on i just don't do that eli great stuff man glad you're doing well i uh, look forward to doing it again next week Thank you, fellas. Take care. Talk to you soon. That's Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide. David Morris is going to join us at 8 o'clock of QB Country. Richie Riley, South Alabama basketball coach at 8.30. So continue, uh, if you if you will. Uh, tell us if you could only sit next to one person at an NBA game or any sporting event, right? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Michael J. Fox, or Jessica Alba. They were all at the Knicks game, and Jessica Alba is trending Mostly because Aaron Rodgers, well, in a, one of the reasons was is that um, he was sitting next to one of his teammates, Sauce Gardner, who didn't know who Jessica Alba was. So Aaron Rodgers was teasing him 
Uh, and so we're asking you, if you could sit next to one of those three, who would it be? You don't want to put Chris Rock in there? No. I, I didn't know he was at the game. Right. I didn't see him. Right. Now, there were a number of, of, of popular people, uh, but Jessica Alba is trending, and I made the comment, well, it's Jessica Alba you want to sit next to. And these guys who are apparently are a lot deeper in these uh, guys, yeah, these Nick guys, and Lee, yeah, these guys, a lot deeper than me. You make it sound like I've insulted you, you in did. some way, Nick. I, don't you think that these guys? I mean, we're your co-hosts. Okay, uh, I'm I'm riding with Lee on this yeah. one, man. I think Jeez, you're taking this to a new extreme. Mark drank his uh, little vitamin water this morning or whatever. Well, check it out. Maybe analyze it. See if there's anything else in there. So for th they feel like they would have better conversation with, I guess Michael J. Fox. Easily. And and I guess perhaps even Aaron Rodgers. I doubt it. Of course, I'm there to. You're there to see what? a game you, and you be just, entertained. You, yeah, you know, you just want to be seen with somebody. What you is, know, what is? If I wanted to be seen with somebody, I could have been. I, I, it wouldn't have mattered if I was sitting next to Jessica Alba or uh, Aaron Rodgers. You, you got the celebrity crush on her. Does Jessica Alba bring you, and how does she better your game watching experience? Yeah, what you think? You think you're gonna sit there and talk ball with Michael J. Fox because he he, he played yeah. basketball in Teen Wolf? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Maybe. easily. Which, by the way, most one of the more underrated basketball movies Absolutely. of all time. Absolutely, <laughs> no. <laughs> he was pretty good. We can. I, I'd love to hear. I think about you guys his, are overthinking uh, this. Good things he's no, doing. No, we're not. We're world. talking about sitting next to somebody that. It's not like you're just uh, sitting next to a statue. You're not going to talk to. You know. It, it, oh, there's a good chance that if you sit next to any of these people, they're not saying a word to you. I think with Michael J. Fox, yeah. they would say a lot to you. He's a chatty guy. He is. He's a very friendly person. Mm-hmm. Sure. I just don't know how we haven't sold you on flipping your vote yet. It's Jessica Alba. You keep saying that, but that's well, not what a is she, What has she done lately? I mean, who, who, what like, difference is it made? Academy Award winner? What has she done? I, if she were, would that have changed your mind? No, of course absolutely not. Because I'm not into that stuff. What? Give me yeah, three, okay. <laughs> three I don't care. I haven't seen any of those movies. How would I know? What are three reasons why you're choosing to sit? By Jessica Alba at the Knicks game as a middle-aged married man with children. Uh, she's attractive, talented, and hot. There's three oh, off the top of my head. Come on, a lot man. of people at that row that fit that bill. So, yeah. so, so, uh, if if if, uh, if an attractive or however you say physically gifted woman were to walk in the studio right now, are are are, that, are your eyes going to pop out your head like a cartoon wolf and we're just going to see like a smoke silhouette of where your body was sitting? Did that person play out the studio? Did that play did that person play Sue Storm in the Fantastic Four? So is that is that <laughs> it? See, that was one of your reasons that she was in Fantastic Four. I said give me three reasons. I gave you four now. And they were all fantastic. Yeah. Well, Hey, Nick. Different strokes for at, different folks. Take a look at the uh, photo of her sitting, and maybe Mark could fit in between her and that guy that is sitting next to her. All I'm saying is there's a reason she was trending and not Chris Rock or Michael J. Fox. And that's and what's wrong with our society today. That, that You think? Yeah. That's the reason? Charles Barkley was trending, too. Did you hear this? Speaking of all the wrong reasons and what's wrong with society? Maybe we'll get to this on the other side. We're going to talk about Charles Barkley in the um, 
what he did on the set of TNT that left some folks very unsettled. You're not going to want to miss this. Uh, David Morris at the top of the hour as well. All right. Continue with your comments. The app at WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff. Mark Lee and Triple G and Jessica Alba right here on the Sports Station. WNSP. This is Reese Dismukes. You're listening to 1055 WNSP. All right, wrapping up uh, hour number two here on a uh, Thursday edition. Thanks for hanging with us. It's the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee and Triple G. Yeah, that game was a wipeout yesterday. The Celtics right from the wire, and Embiid was back, and he had like 15 points in 27 minutes. And, and the funny thing is, Boston wins like by 34 points without Tatum having any kind of a game at all. But I'll tell you who the team of the day is, easily Bachelor Service. And my good friend Rick True is on the line with us right now. Bachelor Service, of course, with plumbing, generators, uh, they offer everything. And, Rick, uh, we're going to catch up on what you told us a couple of weeks ago about this charity event that's going on. If you could just bring us up to date. Uh, yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Excuse me. Good morning, Lee and uh, Mark. Uh, first, let me be uh, the next to endorse y'all's candidacy for winning the Nappy Award. I think y'all are by far the best morning show Yay, there on the it radio. Is. Well, from the team of the day to us, fantastic. I got to get much better than that. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate that. I'm serious. Um, yeah, so, we, you know, we got the three charities, and uh, right now Child Advocacy Center is the le- uh, is leading the votes, uh, followed by Penelope House, and then uh, followed that by Wilmer Halls. And we've got a, uh, this is at the halfway point, so we've got until June the 2nd to wrap this up. So we encourage all those who uh, support those charities to go on our website and put their vote in for their favorite charity. And, and how, again, uh, the charities, uh, you want to get deeper into that? Yeah, well, uh, the Child Advocacy Center, uh, Penelope House, and Wilmer Hall are the three charities. And the winner is going to receive $1,500, the second place, 1000 and third place, $500 from Bachelor Service for their, uh, just for, for our recognition, for their support for our community. Rick, it's a uh, it's a great cause. Hopefully, uh, we'll catch up to you again in a couple of weeks before this is all said and done. Yeah, and just be sure to let, tell them to go to our website, bachelorservice.com. But all right, and again, uh, people come to Bachelor Service because because we uh, we are committed uh, to giving the best service uh, uh, in Mobile, Alabama, and the Baldwin County. Thanks so much, sir, and thanks for the endorsement. All right. Good luck to you guys. Thanks. Have thanks, a good day. You take care. All right. Uh, so Charles Barkley back in the news. Love Charles Barkley, national treasure. You can't convince me otherwise. But his technique for cleaning his cell phone has left NBA fans everywhere disturbed. So right there on TV – Charles Barkley licked his cell phone, Lee. I saw it. Yeah. And then admitted, this is how I clean my phone. And Kenny Smith was like, dude, 
What are you doing? Because as Kenny points out, your cell phone generally is one of the dirtiest surfaces you can find. And as many of you know, there are several options for cleaning a cell phone, right? You can use antibacterial wipes, lens cleaners, the, the, the microfiber cloth or whatever. You name it. Have the dog lick it. Charles Barkley licks his cell phone, people. You think he just does this for, a, I don't know, attention or thing, that he really does this? Did he I, actually uh, do that on camera where yes, he was licking it? yes. Yes, they replayed it in slow motion. He literally, I mean, I'm, is his phone like yours? I mean, I'm sure it's a. It's not a flip phone. Uh, no, it's not a flip phone. In fact, I would. Uh, yeah, I believe it's. I believe it's an iPhone. I'm pretty I sure. Think the word not that I, it matters. No, it doesn't. I think the word people were using was disgusting. Yes, I mean, how just that's you, there's got to be something wrong in your head to be licking your cell phone. Have you ever? Has anybody out there? Clean their cell phone that way. And I would argue that's not even cleaning it. That's making it more dirty. That's just a way to get sick, man. Well, think about this. If he's been doing it a while, dude's never going to be sick ever again. Dude's immune to every disease known to man at, at this point. Seriously. But that's pretty grotesque stuff. It's pretty bad. How much would someone have to pay you for you to lick your phone like just, that? Just once? Yep. 50 bucks. <laughs> so if $10. I said, if I said bucks, 20, you'd say no? I'd probably do it. What if I said 15? Mm. Now, now here's the more interesting question. How much would it, how how much to lick somebody else's phone? That's the question because there's a familiarity with that phone, right? If you feel like, you know, there're very few people that actually come in contact with your phone, so you're probably a little bit more brave to to lick your own phone, True. but would you lick somebody else's phone? Is the question. And how much? <laughs> how much would you pay to lick Jessica Alba's phone? Answer him. Do you take plastic? Do you take plastic? Can yeah. I Venmo you? I don't have enough cash. We had that whole cash conversation. Yeah, you could just so, see uh, Mark sitting next to her, and Jessica says, "Here." So I should tell you all that this that Jessica Alba conversation has actually evolved. Initially, it was should Sauce Gardner, who was with Aaron Rodgers tonight, should he know who Jessica Alba is? That's kind of how the story started because he's like 22, she's 42. I think it's fair to say she has not been in anything relevant in a long time. However, it's Jessica Alba, right? So should you know who she is? Do you? Do you buying into what you're saying why, why should he know I, I if she was sitting next to me i wouldn't know who she is well just because you but you always bring up people from yesteryear and you're you're incredulous to the idea that we don't know who they are how could you not know it's, in, it's the in same the thing app somebody said that i was showing how my generation is maybe a little more um diverse in your likings yeah sure yeah but i would argue that I think, Mark, you're revealing that your generation is full of a bunch of simps. You think? Y'all be simping hard. Yeah. Lee, do you know what simp means? No. The definition for simp is <laughs> an Exciting. internet slang term describing someone who shows excessive sympathy and attention toward another person, typically someone who does not reciprocate those feelings 
in pursuit of affection or a sexual I thought, relationship. I thought the term these days was stalking. No? <laughs> yeah, stalking. That's creepy. It's it's a borderline. You And by the way, you don't know that she would or wouldn't reciprocate. What? The, the same feelings and of admiration? I would I say I this. She wouldn't. Who, you don't does know she that know fact. You're th- speculating. Does she know who Sauce Gardner is? And should she? No, she shouldn't. But there's that way of looking at it, too. Do you know who Jessica Alba was before we had this conversation? Yes. All right, then. I just so know if I was to chat so- with Michael J. Fox, he'd invite me in the DeLorean. We'd go around <laughs> New York. You'd be talking about his flux capacitor. Like, the whole deal. Yep. All right, uh, we're going to come back, reset. You guys can jump in, 694-1055. Richie Riley in hour number three as well. Stay with us. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. All right, 804, welcome in. Hour number three. You guys can jump in at 694-1055. That's the number. Mark and Lee and Triple G in the studios of WNSP. Right, uh, taking a look at some of the uh, stories, uh, we've talked about that the follow-up on the gambling story, Ohio bookmakers not taking any more bets on Alabama baseball. New Jersey's joined in with that. But then Greg Sankey came up with a statement yesterday. He said, quote, we're aware of reports related to the suspension of wagering on Alabama baseball games. <laughs> and uh, we'll continue to monitor available information in any regulatory activity. You know, we talked to Paul Feinbaum about this, and, and what Paul said is certainly not surprising. Kids on campus gamble. I mean, I I never gambled, but I, I know it goes on. My son used to tell me on you know his campus when he was going about people wagering and things like that. I didn't know it would, existed with college baseball games, but people will bet on anything these days, okay? No pr- surprise there. I doubt that's what moved the needle on this, Mark. You may have more information. This, I think, had to do with some big-time money up in Ohio. So from uh, uh, the Louisiana Gaming Control Board chairman actually told NOLA.com, um, and I guess – I guess chairman of the various states gaming control, I guess they're a tight group. They talk a lot, but uh, it, there were two bets. It was a, a parlay, and um, and I'm trying to think what was the other one. I lost uh, my notes here. Um, oh, and then there was there was one that was just straight-up bet. Straight-up so bet. So I don't park. know. It, it's not clear whether it, the, the two bets were made by the same person or if they were you know two different people. Uh, but we talked about uh, some of this a little bit earlier, too. You know, the news that there was a pitching change before the start of that game came right before the game started. You know, were those bets placed with that knowledge? Did did the did the odds, you know, did the odds not change fast enough with that news? I mean, there's I don't know, man. It, it just it's such a bizarre story. Uh, that it's in Ohio, and of course, the other new part of that news is New Jersey's now on board, saying that they're not gonna they're not gonna post any odds for Alabama be- uh, baseball games. Um, what a year for Alabama! Seriously, there's been the good, 
And there's been the not so good. This has been a really strange year when you think about it with success on the field at times and then off the field incidences like this. Well, there's been a there's been a lot more bad. I mean, there's there's been a lot of good over the years at Alabama with on-field success, but the off-the-field stuff has been rampant this year. And, you know, you got this baseball controversy. Uh, obviously, the the tragic basketball stuff. I mean, it's just it's it's been nonstop in Tuscaloosa here for a while. Yeah, and then you had this uh, high-ranking official in the athletic department just charged with the domestic violence yeah, and yeah it, it's not been a, it's not been a good look no uh, not you know from that standpoint like i said off off the field on the field of course they had great success to a degree with basketball and certainly football as you said you know over the years but um the the, the one i mean those stories fine but this thing about betting on alabama baseball i mean I, you just never hear about stories like this with any kind of college betting so We'll we'll see where where it goes. Uh, you know, we'll see how this winds up. Uh, the other story, and you mentioned, you know, like there's changes. Like yesterday morning, the report was that Joel Embiid would not even play for Philadelphia, right? So he plays. Okay, fine. Didn't make much of a difference. It was a 34 point blowout, and the Celtics win. They even up that series. Uh, Tatum, their best player, had his worst game, and yet they still won by uh, 34 points. Uh, you know, and it's it's interesting how like Harden had 45 points, and we're talking about him like he's reincarnated. And then yesterday he has 12 points. I think he had like two out of 14 shots in the game, and you know they couldn't hit a three, whereas the other day they did. So that you talk about from a gambling standpoint, going from one extreme to the other, no consistency at all in, in that in those two games. Maybe this thing will go seven. You know, I hope it does. But, uh, wow, that was quite a turnaround yesterday. I started watching that game, Mark, and it was just such a blowout. It just wasn't worth it after a while. And this is what it really got me. Do you ever check the box scores? Usually, you know, you obviously have your starting five. Then you got about three or four guys that get in. And then it's you got about five guys did not play, did not play. Virtually everybody played on both teams yesterday. Yeah, uh, Rarely ever see that. Yeah, it just uh – you throw up the white flag and you save legs and all that good stuff. So I've got a m- money story for you, Forbes. Okay. Top eight athletes in the world that are making over a hundred million dollars, and we we kid around, we talk about this, you know, to us, it's you know places we'll never be, never see, but the top three are all soccer. I I can believe it. Yep. Well, our Cristiano Ronaldo is number one. The first athlete from this country is LeBron and this is money making while you're playing and also off the field too you know when you get those endorsements and things like that he's fourth Curry just got in there at 100.4 million he's eighth and then you have two golfers on the live tour Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson and you have a boxer from Mexico nobody in baseball nobody in football two basketball two golfers boxer three soccer well i mean sports that we talk about the least amount exactly our shows well they have a couple things going for them those sports over football one uh they have worldwide worldwide appeal one and two typically those are sports where their their athletes get marketed more than the team or the franchise i think uh, and we've talked about this for years. Now, it's changed a little bit in football, but 
generally in football, you're a fan of the Packers or the Falcons or the Saints and anybody who plays for them. Now, you'll have some allegiances when those guys take off and go to another another team, but you're rarely a, a fan of a football team because of that guy you loved more than anything, right? You're, you're, you're more, your allegiance, I think, in football relates more to the, the, team. the, the team, the franchise, yeah. the mascot, whereas in basketball, you tend, especially in professional basketball, and maybe even in college these days with the way they move, because there's so much movement uh, and because it's, they've always marketed their guys over their, their, their franchises. And so I think that has a lot to do with and those guys making more coin than anybody else. And then you look at these huge baseball contracts. But again, I, I'm with you on this. They don't really market baseball players well, I don't think. They no. never have. When I was growing up, you had a lot of players, Mickey Mantle, they were doing Gillette commercials. He was the Jessica Alba of your generation. Everybody knew who Mickey Mantle was. You would think. You would think. He'd be a good guy. To, no, I say, you know, my, my first meeting and only meeting with him, he kind of, eh, he was kind of more F-rated at times. His language was a l very salty. Never meet your heroes. Exactly. Well, he wasn't mine. Okay, let me just say that. Okay, okay, okay. I was not a Mickey Mantle fan. Whatever you need, Leo gets. You Thank get you. it? Okay, you ever okay, meet him? Okay. Joe Pesci? Yeah. No. No. Anyway, Gillette, uh, Yogi Berra, I think, was doing Bosco commercials. Mm -hmm. oh, no, or was it? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was another. Yogi was doing something else. But anyway. This is the part of the show where Lee talks to himself. Yes. <laughs> they don't. I don't really remember. But anyway, let me get back to my other point. But today they don't do that much as far as endorsements in baseball. Uh, I don't know. They're drinking Gatorade. I feel like I feel like athletes are in actually more endorsements n now because there's more endorsements to be had. Sure. I, I think it's more. Commercials, I think Zach Levine is. I think it's okay. I think it's more NBA though. Right. Oh, it's definitely. Not base, it's not baseball. Baseball certainly takes a backseat. Very backseat. Uh, now football's come a long way, but I still think the league markets franchises over players, where the NBA's always marketed players, um, and that's why they're making more money. That and the fact that it's there's there, it's got global appeal. The the NBA and soccer have global appeal over uh, over the NFL. I can see Patrick Mahomes getting there if he isn't there already. See his brother back in the news. Yeah. Can't can't say there are a lot of people that are all that surprised. But uh, anyway, to your point, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he would be the closest thing in the NFL, right? To like a face that you can kind of – like when you think – like if like I think Patrick Mahomes is separate from the Chiefs and his greatness. Yeah. So, like, who would be the face of the NFL, right? Yeah. If, you, if there was, like, one individual player right now, who would be NBA the biggest name? The has LeBron. The MLB has Shohei Otani. I would think so from a, a, a global appeal. <laughs> from the limited number of baseball players I can name, that's one of them. <laughs> uh, and then the NFL, it would have to be Mahomes pretty uh, easily, right? I, I agree with that. I'd agree with Mahomes for sure. I think he does a good job in those insurance commercials. Yeah, exactly. He's on the state. He got the State Farm. Uh, yeah. He's check good. that Aaron Rodgers. He's not getting it no more. Yeah. Now that's Mahomes' gig. Nope. All that discount double check gone. 
All right, let's do a scoreboard traffic and weather because we missed the last one. Oh, we got a little Chick-fil-A this hour. How about that? How thanks about for, that? Thanks for reminding me. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Uh, it's all. It's the only is, reason I'm is here. Is it for. a Star Wars themed question? It's an NBA question today. But if you want to do it, hey, <laughs> if you want to do a Star Wars, mm, do it. Ask the question like Yoda. We might mm-hmm. Chick Fil A. I like. Mm-hmm. Nine hundred years old. You become. You not look so good. Mm-hmm. Getting a sore throat listening to you two. Lee, my age he is. <laughs> Has anybody weighed in who does the better one? Uh, we've gotten some. Nick? We've gotten some people saying that both imitations are way better than any of the AI stuff that we really hypothetically may have used. But we get a lot of great uh, endorsements. Oh, we got the best endorsement yet. We'll tell you all about it coming up. Stay with us. Jake Tilford, we're back in Alabama. Hello, I'm listening to the radio. I'm listening to WNSB. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. All right, here we go. A little bit later in the day, right? We try to spread this around so folks can uh, all take part in the festivities that is our Chick-fil-A giveaway. Anthony Davis had a remarkable game for the Lakers in their win over Golden State the other day at 30 points, 23 rebounds, 5 assists. So in the 30-25 category uh, with those kind of stats, he joins rare company with the Lakers in postseason. He's only the fourth laker ever to accomplish that but one laker got to that number went to those numbers four times who was that that went over 30 points 20 rebounds and five assists in a playoff game one guy did it four times all the great lakers who do you think that was if you know you get the chick-fil-a so interesting uh interesting topic now that i didn't realize your your question was centered around that specifically so we had a comment in the app earlier today um, where a guy was listening to another show, and they were declaring that Anthony Davis, today, if he were to retire, would have his uh, his jersey in the rafters uh, at, 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 in L.A. Do you agree or disagree I would disagree that? on that. He hasn't been there long enough or done that much yet. He's been hurt most of his career with the Lakers. I I tend to agree. I, I, don't, I don't know if. Now, he may ultimately prove to be one of the great players of all time, but I don't think he's done nearly enough. I don't either. You're talking about with Magic, with Kareem, with uh, West. Well, so a couple things. One, yeah, I think that's part of it. I think I think the expectation and and what you have to achieve at, at different franchises uh, certainly differs. And when you talk about the Lakers— uh, that standard's probably a lot higher than in most franchises, but let's put that aside. Let's just say, based on, based on his accomplishments with the Lakers, is it? I don't think I, yeah. I don't think there's enough there to put him in the rafters or, of, of any. Yeah, there's no way. NBA. I think honestly, the better question might be, and I think it's a definite yes, but I mean LeBron has the same amount of accomplishments as a Laker as Anthony Davis does, right? Uh, yes. Winning the one ring. Yes. I mean, couple All-NBA, couple All-Stars. He was there one year earlier than Anthony Davis, but 
I would say that if LeBron were to retire today, his jersey would be up there no problem, right? I think they would put it up there, but I again, I would subscribe that he hasn't really been there long enough to justify it, but it is LeBron, and if they could get another title, which they did during the COVID year, which, of course, was kind of disguised in an, an arena down there in Orlando, perhaps. I mean, he hasn't done nearly as much as Magic, but, Kareem, and Worthy, and West, and but are Taylor. We, and are we... And it goes back to my original question, though. If you were putting LeBron's jersey up there, is it because he's LeBron? Or is it because of what LeBron did in his time at L.A.? Because you yourself just said they, they pretty much accomplished right, the same right. thing. So why would, why would you put one and not the other? Maybe it's a combination of both. Because LeBron is the Batman and Anthony Davis is the Robin. So you're going to lean to give LeBron more the recognition and respect uh, based off his run here in L.A. I mean, but I, that's tricky, though, because, I mean, a lot of people would say that the best Toronto Raptor of all time is Kawhi Leonard. And what Kawhi Leonard did out there in Toronto, all those memorable moments, those all only took place in one year. He only played there for one year. But they haven't retired his number, though. I, I don't think they will, will they? I don't think. I think they might. For one year? The, bringing them their one ring coming out there. and I mean, we remember that shot he hit against Philadelphia and how great he was in that run he was there. I think if you uh, – I don't, I don't know if you have to be at a place for a certain amount of time. I think it's what you do in that time, right? So in Kawhi's, in Kawhi's case, I feel like he changed – like he was that organization, right? Like he was he he took them to a different place. Yeah. Even though he wasn't there long enough for some by some standards, yeah, right? Yeah, look, they can do whatever they want with numbers, but I think in this generation it seems to be too easy to get your number retired based on accomplishments. Like for I'll go even to baseball. I think the Yankees uh, there aren't many numbers left. I mean, they retired what? 10, 11, 12, 13. Now, if you get into the Hall of Fame, I understand that, okay? I have no problem with that. If you're a Hall of Famer, usually you get your number retired. But it just seems like today you don't have to be around as long as back when. So you care more about longevity yes. with a franchise than you do accomplishments? I do. Yes. Well, they, uh, the numbers, the Yankees, most of them did accomplish quite a bit because that's a team game. That's more of a team game. Right. Let's say so, than the NBA. So I'm trying to think. Like obviously, Damian Lillard is going to have his jersey retired in Portland. Should, even though he's not really accomplished anything in his tenure in Portland. Hmm. But then Kawhi Leonard basically accomplished all you can accomplish in one season in Toronto. Hmm. Bringing them their first ever championship to their country. I wonder if uh, I wonder if Richie Riley yeah. might have a take on that. Yeah, if I only we if only we had him scheduled next. Is he still on? You never know these o days. Only one way to find out. Stay with us. The opening kickoff.
ladies and gentlemen here on the uh, opening kickoff mark and lee and triple g thanks for making us part of your morning we ready to talk uh, some basketball with the head coach of the university of south alabama richie riley good morning coach how are you today i'm doing great guys good morning any interest in your household in the laker golden state series yeah we're heavily invested my son his favorite player is still Steph Curry, and because that's his favorite player, that's Rock. My other, my middle son, that's his favorite player too. So they're they're for the Warriors, and obviously, you guys know I'm a huge LeBron fan. So I'm I'm rocking with the Lakers, and um, I, I love Game One. And tonight may not be as good. I feel like the Warriors will probably take care of business tonight, but the Lakers got what they came for. They stole one, and they've got hold home court now. From a coaching standpoint, I know a big question came up in that Golden State-Laker game is things usually down to the wire. Jordan Poole was open for what they said was about a 30-footer to try to tie the game. From a coaching standpoint, good shot, not a good shot. You know, the range wasn't as – because he has that range. I mean, he hit multiple shots from that distance during the game. That, That wasn't the problem really with me. I felt like it was out of rhythm. Um, if he's in rhythm, ball moves to him and it's crisp and he's in rhythm and he's into his shot. I don't I don't have a problem with the distance, but it was just such an out of rhythm shot and in that moment with that much time on the shot clock, I feel like, you know, you you probably don't need to take that one. Well, okay, and there was about ten seconds to go. So what what could he have done, you know, as far as either advancing the ball, getting it closer, because he was wide open because they were double-teaming Curry. So what should he have done instead, or what would you have liked to have seen him do? Yeah, he should have moved. He should have slid himself closer to the line, you know, as the ball was moving. You know, they doubled Curry, and then it moved, and then it moved to him. If he slides into that, that notch or that gap, however you want to say it, and he catches, and he's in rhythm three from normal distance, or probably what would have happened is you have them in a scramble now because two on the ball Steph, and Clay was in the corner. So he his man probably takes pull if pull has slid himself into that scoring area, and then he can one more, you know, make a one more pass to Clay with a wide open corner three. And, you know, if Clay's guy stays home, then he does have a rhythm three. Um, a much more makeable shot than the one that he took. Richie Riley is our guest here on WNSP. Uh, forgive us, we've buried the lead here on our NBA conversations today. We had an unofficial poll that clearly you would have some great insight into. So um, we have asked, I'll give you a little context. So uh, Aaron Rodgers and um, um, were among some of the guys at the Knicks game, right? Uh, he was teasing okay. one of his... Uh, Sauce Gardner, one of his younger teammates, that he didn't know who Jessica Alba was and that he was completely clueless, didn't know who she was. We've asked people, if you could sit next to one person at an, a, a game, any game, would it be Aaron Rodgers, Michael J. Fox, who was also there, or Jessica Alba? I would go Aaron Rodgers. Really? Yeah, I would go Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't, you know, as, you know, who I am, I don't. I don't really want to. I'm not a huge Michael J. Fox fan, um, and I certainly don't want to be sitting next to another woman for the game. I'm a happily married man, <laughs> and I feel like, and I feel like Aaron Rodgers would would be really entertaining. To be honest with you, I think he would be fun to sit there and talk to. 
Um, he's a, he's kind of a unique, quirky dude, and you know I think he'd be, probably be fun to talk to. We share a lot of interests. He likes basketball. He goes to a lot of basketball games. I like football. He's one of the best quarterbacks ever. He's a really good golfer. I love golf, so I think we'd have a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay, first of all, I, I didn't pick Michael J. Fox either, but to say, uh, but but not to be a fan is just downright un- un-American. I mean, he invented time travel, Richie. And second of all, it's Jessica freaking Alba, man. Come on. Yeah, I'm out on that, man. I'm out on that. <laughs> only only woman I want to sit by is NBA games is, is Jess Riley. That's it. I'm I'm out on that. So Aaron Riley and and you know Michael J. Fox, Back to the Future, and you know number one is number one movie to me out of all the great movies is, is Teen Wolf. You know we all love Teen Wolf. Of course, a basketball um, movie, I might add. Yes. So I'm not not a fan. I would say like, but he's. He's probably not on my bucket list of people I would like to sit and watch a game with. Plus, you wouldn't have to sit next to Mark either, who's sitting next to Jessica. So there's that. you got to consider <laughs> that, too. Richie, we were also in the conversation about retiring numbers. And I don't know how the thing came up with Anthony Davis. That, By the way, did we get an answer on that Chick-fil-A, uh, Nick, the winner? Mm. No. Okay. No. Well, the answer is Elgin Baylor. Elgin Baylor four times in postseason posted 30-25. But anyway, so we don't get a winner. But so Mark brought up about, I guess you said some others, somebody else said that Anthony Davis at this point in his career should have his number retired. Am I quoting you right? At, with so the Lakers? There was, there with was the another, Lakers? Yeah, there was another conversation going on on, a, on, a, on a, a national show that someone brought to our attention that they were declaring that if Anthony Davis today were to retire – he would have his jersey in the rafters uh, for the Lakers. And I I like Anthony Davis. I think he's a great player. I don't think he's at that status yet. Yeah, I would think if he retired today, probably not. I would agree with you. Um, but in time, I think they would certainly retire his jersey if he did retire today, if that makes sense. Like, I think when you put his body of work with the Lakers, he hasn't been there a whole long time. But, I mean, they just retired Gasol's jersey. So if you retire Gasol's jersey, you have to retire Anthony Davis's jersey. I mean, he won a championship, too. And, you know, the the numbers are incredible. Now, if he, if he goes through this series like he did game one and he goes through the rest of the playoffs like that, then they should retire his jersey. <laughs> At the end of the championship, if they, if they win this one, because he was incredible. But he hardly even – he didn't even play much during the regular season. Plus, I think Gasol – I think they retired his because he got into the Hall of Fame, right? Isn't that the reason that they retired his jersey? Because he was just named to the Hall of Fame? They might have, you know, and I know he and Kobe have a really spe- had a special relationship. And, you know, that may have went into it, too, a little bit. But, you know, Anthony Davis is certain – Certainly, a first ballot Hall of Famer. If he retired today, um, I think I think that's probably not debatable. All right. All right. Well, if you're gonna uh, yeah. if you're gonna retire Davis, as uh, if you're gonna retire his jersey with the Lakers, don't you also have to retire LeBron's? Yeah, I think LeBron's a foregone conclusion. He's got to be retired. You know, it, it, I think. I mean, I think. I, I don't know how they do this, but LeBron should have a retired jersey with. Three, I mean, teams. LeBron should have his jersey hanging in Miami, obviously Cleveland, and in L.A. to me. I mean, I don't know if that's a thing. Like, you retire 
I mean, you have your jersey hung at multiple venues. I don't know if you just get one, but he should have his up in in all of them if he, if he quit playing today. All right, so you've always been a big MJ guy, right? You and Jess do the whole Jordan Pippen jerseys. If 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 you had to do it again, would you be sporting the LeBron jersey? I don't I don't know who LeBron's Pippen would be, but w- would you would you guys be sporting the the LeBron jersey? No, because my wife loves Jordan. Like that's her favorite player. That's the goat to her. You know, she she always has since way before I met her. Uh, so so we, see, we we generally stick with what she likes. You know, I think it's a good way to be. So we're we're staying, and, and I think it fits us better too. You know, like she's Jordan and I'm Pippen. That really fits our relationship. You know, I don't I don't think there's been a better one-two punch in NBA history. You know, I think I think that's again I don't think that's debatable either. I mean, they won six championships. They were a Batman and Robin. They were you know they they were just the perfect one-two punch, the perfect mix. So um, and I don't know if Brian has that. Like D Wade was this right. You know, he and D Wade had their run. He and Kyrie had their run. Now it's AD and him. You know, and he's not really had that necessarily now i do have every lebron jersey i've got like four lebron jerseys i like jerseys i don't you don't see me sporting them around mobile a whole lot but it, at home i like to put a good jersey on for a game sometimes me and the bros put on our jerseys and and, and check out the game so I, I have a good collection of jerseys and brian i have more brian jerseys than any Wouldn't jersey that'd be something to see him wearing a lebron jersey on the sideline of a yeah so game? what's your most prized jersey which what's the favorite which the what's the go-to? I like, you know, I like my Kobe jersey. I've got a couple of those. I've got a twenty-four. I got an eight. I like those. Um, I got a really cool Trevor Lawrence Clemson jersey. is really cool. Jess got for me. Um, that's one of my favorites because it's uh, it's an authentic. You know, it's like yeah. from the the year that they won it. So it's got the the college football playoff logo on there. It's got Lawrence on the back. Uh, that's pretty tough. Um, but probably my most prized jersey, because I got some Olympic team jerseys too. You know, I got, I got some cool jerseys. Probably my most prized though, Jess, this was a great gift, really creative. So she got me a jersey for every place that I've coached at. Like, and the jerseys are the exact replica of what our teams wore while I was there, you know, so that collection is my favorite. You know, it goes all the way back to Hawaii Pacific, all the way through everything, and, you know, obviously South Alabama now. And it's, you know, so that's my prized possession of my jerseys. I was curious the other day, speaking about the Jags, the other day I was looking on this site that listed all of these tournaments, in-season tournaments, and they're like, there's so many of them. I know you said to us one time how you'd love to play at Madison Square Garden, and they have a few up there. But I was curious, have have you? do you want to get your team into one of these, let's say, holiday tournaments, Thanksgiving, Christmas, or any of them? Because uh, there's a bunch of openings. The way we've kind of tried to handle it in scheduling since I've been here is every other year we try to host one. We try to host an MTE, they're called MTE, multi-team events. And we try to host one, so we're working on that right now. So that would be ideal if we could be be here. Last year we went to Savannah. Um, year before that we won 
the tournament out in Vegas. That was a good tournament. We won that tournament. Um, we've been down to Florida. But I would ideally like to host one this year. But I don't. you don't know. There's a lot of moving parts to it. But if, if you can use your connections, Lee, to get, to get us in an MTE at Madison Square Garden, I would owe you for life, man. You know, so you need to go to work on that. Why don't you? Why don't you start using your connections from up that way, and get us locked into playing at the Garden? I got to be honest with you, my connections don't exist anymore up there. They've <laughs> they've moved on. <laughs> that was years and years ago. I, I'm curious too. When teams go to Hawaii, do they pay you to go to there, or do you just you just go on your own expenses just to play there? Yeah, it depends. They, they probably buy some people, but if we went, it would probably be a home and home. But they do buy some people. They could potentially buy us, um, so that that would pay for your expenses. And the unique part about Hawaii is it's like in the way they've done scheduling is it it doesn't you can get an extra game by going out there and playing if that makes sense because it's so hard for them to get home games. They made that a rule years ago where. You can go out there, and that's just an extra game you get. It counts on your record, but it allows you to play an extra game because they're trying to get people to go out there. I mean, it's – I don't think oh, – they couldn't pay me enough to go out there and play. I'm not I'm not doing that. I, I made – I worked out there for a year. I've made that flight from from the this part of the country all the way to Hawaii. And, you know, as, as you guys know, I'm not a huge fan of flying, and I definitely don't want to, in the middle of the season – take my team on a you know, basically 12 hours in the air to get out to Hawaii. It, I don't care how beautiful it is. Yeah, I was going to say, it is a tropical destination there, Richie. I mean, just throw a little space jam on for the guys, and, well, you'd have to play it about four or five times before you got there. But, I mean, I, I from a from a logistics standpoint, it certainly makes sense, but it wouldn't be a bad way to end your season or start your season. Well, the tough part is if you just go out there and play them, you're playing and then you're coming right back. Yeah. I think if you play in the Diamond Head Classic or something, that's they have they have it there at the at the um, where Hawaii plays the Stan Sheriff Center the arena. Um, then you're out there for a week. That would probably make sense. You know, you're you're out there. Your team gets to enjoy you know everything. But if you just swing out there and play them, you know, yeah. you're basically there. Yeah, a night or two, and that's just not. It's too far. You know now. It, now the Maui, I would, I would love to go. I would fly out there. You know, I'd love to play in the Maui one day. That's that's another bucket list coach thing I have. You know, playing in the Garden or coaching in the Garden. All right. So before coaching we let in the Maui. So before we we let you go, like, are you a nervous flyer? You get nauseated? Like you just you like you you white knuckled and grabbing the armrest the whole time? Like what what's the deal? I'm really. You guys know me well enough now to know that I'm a little bit. You know, I'm always on edge most of the time. So when I'm in the air, I feel like I have no control. Right. Like I know there's all these stats of, you know, way more things happen when you're driving. You know, but you have control. Like when you're driving, you can, you know, if you want to pull over and, you know, get you a coffee or pull over, you know, you're, you can get on the phone. You can do all this stuff. In the air, you can't do any of that. And you don't have any control, it feels like. And it's not really the flight part that bothers me. It's the leading up to it when you fly commercial. Yeah. You got to go through there. You got to go through security. There's all kinds of random people around that you don't know. Then you get on the plane and you're in close quarters with all these people you don't know. And I just I don't I don't enjoy it. Hey, you know, I couldn't my, have said my it better. I have to fly. You know, I fly quite a bit, but I mean, this is not something I enjoy. I don't like it. 
He said it as best as I could when I get asked why I don't like flying. The up in the air don't bother me. It's all that other stuff. Yeah, it's such a pain. And it's just it's kind of like there's just people everywhere. And it's just kind of it's just exhausting. I just I don't enjoy it. You know, and I, I've been on I've been on a million flights. I've been on some rough ones. The other thing I'll tell you is I do not fly. I always tell, you know, Mike, my ops guy, and, you know, if, when I'm planning a trip or something with our team or recruiting or whatever, I do not fly early mornings because I always think, like, these pilots, I mean, they come in there. I mean, how many times have you drove, like, at 5 in the morning and you're just, like, tired and you don't want to be driving i mean right. they're flying a plane at five in the morning i get it they do it all the time but I, i'm not i want to give them time to get some coffee in their system get some breakfast get woke up and and then we then we can go i don't i don't want 5 a.m flights or 6 a.m flights all right last but i gotta ask you because i'll forget it before we talk to you again charles barkley left some folks really disturbed by the way he cleans his cell phone did you see it Disgusting. Absolutely <laughs> disgusting. I talk, I, talk, I know I'm getting ready. You guys got to go, but I talk about this all the time. Cell phones are the most disgusting thing because people that you don't really clean on, you know what I mean? And you're, you're always, your phone is like attached to you. You know, so you're, you're like, you got it in the bathroom. You got it, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you got it. It's always in your hands. So when people come to me, it's like you know, one of my assistants will come to me and be like, hey, I got this recruit on the phone, you know, hey, here. And they'll go to hand me the phone. I'm like, just put it on speaker, dude. Set it on my desk. I don't want to touch the phone. I don't I – don't so for him to clean his phone like that, that was disgusting to me. That's gross. Um, and he, he's catching a lot of heat for it now because there's a lot of people that think the same way I do, I think. Yeah, I think so. All right, so uh, next time we the, – the next time will be the first time, but the next time we prank you, we're going to put you on a plane with a bunch of other people's phones and just make you sit there for hours. <laughs> oh, God, that was, that would fall out. I can't do it. <laughs> hey, man, do it. we appreciate it as always. Enjoyed it. Have a, have a great week. We'll be in touch. All right, guys. You, you guys have a great week too. Yeah. Just give him a parachute. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's anybody that actually agrees with the way Charles Barkley cleans his phone. And if you're out there, chances are you're not coming forward to admit it. All right, one final segment, real short one. Uh, it's the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station WNSP.
Lee, and I say this with all sincerity, may the fourth be with you, sir. That is so kind of you, and you said it forcefully, too. I like that. Oh, look what he did! Do a very good impersonate. Do it again. You and Nick. I want to hear it again before <laughs> I leave. Um, you know, that squeaky voice of yours? Yoda? Yeah, was that mm -hmm. the one you were... You, 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 900 years old, you become... You not look so good. Are we going to mm -hmm. play that endorsement we had earlier? Nick, you promised. Which endorsement? The one that we had live on... 7 o'clock? Yeah, I'm, I think we need some time to, uh, right. to, to recut that. One that was actually legit? There... They're all legit? Yeah. I don't think so. What do you mean? Hmm. You're telling me this doesn't sound legit? It's over and again. Give up your dark ways and come back to the light side. I'll never join you. We'll never see eye to eye on anything. Well, who are you voting for best morning show, best DJ team, and best sports radio show with the Nappies? What kind of foolish question is that? Of course I'm voting for the opening kickoff with Mark and Lee. All those categories. As am I. Perhaps we're not so different, you and I. You're right, Obi-Wan. Let's set aside our differences and come together in agreement that the opening kickoff with Mark and Lee has the best DJ team, is the best sports radio show, and the best morning show in Mobile. I think, I hate to come out and be wrong, but nobody could prove me wrong anyway. I think he was once on a plane. I passed by him. He was sitting there in first class. Who? James Earl Jones? Yeah. Darth Vader himself? Yeah. I don't know. Mufasa? I don't know if it was before or after his fame, but I, I remember being Everything on a plane where see. people pointed out to me that, because I was way back in coach. Hmm. All right. What do you got cooking tomorrow? What is tomorrow? Friday. Oh, we're on the road. Our final Dr. Chris Romanex championship drive takes us right down the street. We're at McGill Toolin. Uh, so uh, honk if, you, uh, if you're in the area. And don't forget to vote for the uh, opening kickoff. If you feel we are worthy of that, we would appreciate that in the nappies. And WNSP as a whole, seven nominees, three right here on this show. How about that? All right, that does it for another edition. We will be back with you tomorrow at 6 a.m. from Air Sports 1, 6 a.m.-ish. We'll see how that goes. See ya!